Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the uh, Oklahoma University podcast. We're starting it back up now with uh, high school sports kicking back into gear. It's uh, week one of the high school football season. I'm Cameron Jordan. I'm here today with uh, Nick Sardis and James D. Jackson. Uh, we're, we're, we haven't had a podcast, I think, since, what, the beginning of March or end of February, kind of before everything shut it's down. I think it, it's, it's been a long time. It's been a long time, but it's, it's nice to be back, nice to kick this back up. It's Yeah, six months now, I guess, because it is September. Uh, it's uh, Wednesday afternoon, and we're recording this. Uh, I guess we can start off the start the podcast. I think the big news that broke ten minutes ago, the cancellation of the crosstown clash between Norman and uh, Norman North that was scheduled for uh, Thursday night at, at Norman High at Harv Collins Field. Uh, I guess we're forty two positive cases at, at Norman High School, not just on the football team, but just kind of throughout the whole school. But there were members of the football team who also tested positive. I mean, that's uh, I think that's a pretty it's a scary deal. It's a big deal. It's just something that you kind of have to deal with. Now, I think we're up to 15 cancellations and two postponements now. Um, it's just kind of crazy to keep like uh, another rivalry that got canceled earlier this week is Edmond North and the Memorial. Like being, being here in the Oklahoma city area, you have an Edlam rivalry gets canceled. The Crosstown clash gets canceled. It's, it's scary to see all this stuff getting canceled and just kind of how, how serious this stuff can be and whatnot. I mean, I, uh, I don't know about you guys. We were planning on covering that game tomorrow night, so having to having to pivot plans and everything. But uh, what do you think about all this stuff and the games getting canceled and everything? What what kind of like what precautions did you guys see last week when you were out covering games and whatnot that you saw certain teams taking? Well, one thing that I've noticed is that uh, you know senior nights are being held earlier in the year. You know, a lot of these teams they don't really know, you know, what the what the season is going to be like, whether it's going to be you know, abruptly ended or anything like that. So a lot of teams, I know Carl Albert is going to have theirs this week. Uh, a lot of teams are having senior nights early and, uh, you know, just a lot of precautions, uh, you know, with the mask and I was at McGinnis, they had like a socially distanced crowd. So definitely a different, different uh, feel, you know, at these games. Yeah, definitely. I was at Edmund uh, Memorial last week and just, uh, like like Nick said, like Nick said, it was a bunch of social distancing. So there's there's certain seats taped off. Uh, a lot of you know masks are, are definitely required. Uh, I heard a lot of times people just you know just in the press box just really talking about it, just making sure people are, have their mask on. The announcer even uh, mentioned a couple times for the fans to keep their mask on or anybody uh, you know to stay as safe as possible just throughout this whole thing. And you you can tell it's really affecting every everything and how. Uh, the viewer, the viewership of, uh, of all the high school sports. Uh, uh, you, you think uh, most of the broadcast that the students typically put on would get a lot more numbers than they typically would, and I, that's a story that I plan on writing. Uh, you know, future a uh, couple weeks down the line, just to just to show how uh, massive their production uh, has been for for high school sports in this time. I think it's also interesting. You guys both mentioned like the socially distanced crowd and the masks. I was at uh, Moore Stadium last week for Midwest City Westmore, and three times the public address announcer had to come over to the stands and or come over to the intercom and say, "Hey, if you guys 
don't put your masks on. We're going to have to stop the game. Like, and everybody in the crowd would slowly reach out into their bag or pull it back up and cover their face. But I, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. I saw a video of that happening in Utah. They actually stopped the high school football game for like 10 minutes until people started socially distancing out and actually put their masks on. But it's just kind of the, kind of the world that we live in right now of these different schools have policies and a lot of them are the same. And, you know, it's, it's really weird because these crowds are, I mean, my crowd last week at Moore stadium usually has a pretty good crowd, but both home and away, there weren't as many people as there normally would be for regular football games in from what I can remember in the past couple of years. And I thought that that was kind of strange. It's weird, but it's just part of the reason it was kind of normal to see in football though. Um, I, it was really nice to kind of have games back going and everything, but, uh, but like we said, those cancellations are a deal. Um, another local team off the top of my head. Go ahead. I didn't, I didn't see anything as strict as, you know, having to stop the game at Memorial necessarily. It was just – they had a lot of – just a lot of mentions. Like every time out, there was probably uh, one kid who had recorded a video, like one of the seniors, you know, to tell everybody to keep their mask on. You know, just one of those little deals they have on the scoreboard video. Uh, and just have the seniors, you know, reach out and say, you know, to keep your mask on. We really appreciate you all. Uh, taking all the precautions for you know to keep us playing basically and that was, that was mainly the extent of what they did you know I, I didn't I didn't I didn't see anything about stopping the game or anything like that that's a very different uh scenario I guess than what we saw pretty creative when you look up and you don't have your mask on and your son is on the big board telling people to put their mask on that's uh <laughs> that may get mom and dad to change up their thought process on that pretty quickly um but no kind of uh kind of Catching up, I mean, obviously, we're, we're full go now. Um, we, we're go into week one. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to think that it's already week one of the high school football season. Um, a bunch of good games last week and other big slate of games this week. Uh, here in the city, there's a few of them that really stick out, but I think the top one uh, to me, and it's one that was actually a playoff matchup last year, is El Reno and Piedmont, number, uh, number three, number four in Class 5A. Um, that one is going to be at Piedmont on Friday night, and I think that uh, – I'm really looking forward to this one, and we haven't we haven't decided yet where we're going to go this week. But I know that one of us will likely end up being there. And I think the thing that stands out to me most about that game is is El Reno's offense is so dominant because of senior quarterback Dorian Plumley, and he's so talented. Last week was just really really good and and against Cash in that overtime win. But he's going to not be on the field as much because you have Piedmont and the Flexbone offense, who last year. Had their Piedmont had its best season in school history, going ten and three, making it to the five A semis, and uh, ended Carl Albert's winning streak, which was going for the longest one of all in in, uh, in state history. But I'm really intrigued by this matchup, just because you have that dynamic of Piedmont's offense, which is going to do everything it can to keep Dorian Plumley off the field against Dorian Plumley, who is so good that he can run, he can pass, he can do a little bit of everything. I mean, what what do you guys think about that matchup or a couple of the other ones around? Well, I covered their. Uh the playoff game between those two teams last year, which Piedmont won. And, um, yeah, it was, it was an exciting game, definitely. Um, I feel like uh, Piedmont is obviously going to, you know, do their thing. Uh, they, they don't know who their quarterback is going to be. But, um, you know, I think that flexbone offense, uh, it's just so effective at keeping those, you know, opposing offensive stars off the field. And, you know, you saw that when Piedmont played Carl Albert and you saw it throughout the year. So it's, it's going to be an interesting game for sure. And I, I think the next one that comes to mind here, here in the city is speaking of Carl Albert is Carl Albert Midwest city. Obviously you have a big mid rivalry there. Um, you know, Carl Albert, the, the two teams, they didn't play in 2016 and 17, but Midwest city hasn't won that game in 
in six years, um, since 2014 or 15, it may be five years. Since I was there. <laughs> since James was in school there. And, and, and you look at that and, you know, they had a, uh, they had to miss their first scrimmage because of a, uh, because of a positive Corona case, they had to cancel their scrimmage. And then, um, they, they got the scrimmage last week against Lawton MacArthur and, uh, coach Mike Corley said that they looked pretty well. And then Midwest city last week started really, really poorly and came from behind and ended up topping Westmore. Um, that game's going to be interesting to me. I'm really interested to see what Carl Albert's team looks like this year because they lost a lot of really, really important pieces off of last year's team, um, especially at the wide receiver and defensive back position. They had a lot of two-way players that you can't just replace. Um, so I think to me in that matchup, that's what's really going to stand out is how good Carl Albert will be this year. I think it's going to come down to how much those younger players um, at, uh, at, at that wide receiver and defensive back position can kind of step up because, I mean, I, I, know, I know you guys know this. Javion Trailer and Rico Windham – both your starting corners and starting wide receivers, you can't just replace those guys. That's how good they were. No. And uh, Javion Trailer was huge in the return game as well. So uh, those are two big losses, but uh, they do have, you know, they still got some talented guys. Still got Ben Harris, a quarterback, Javion Hunt at running back. Uh, you know, some guys who can have a breakout year. I think Kobe Cruz is one guy who could do that. And uh, so, you know, it just seems like they always find somebody to, to step up. So, you know, we'll see. It's funny you mentioned Kobe because uh, Corley, when I was talking with him Monday, he mentioned, he mentioned Kobe's name. And for those of you who don't remember, in the state championship game last year at Wantland Stadium, he blocked a field goal and it, it was kicked straight into his hands and he caught it like a receiver and returned it all the way for a touchdown. It was one of the greatest plays that I've seen. And I know we were both there watching it and we – we're both like trying to figure out what was going on. And then he's just running down the sideline with the ball. It was, uh, it was the best high school play I've ever seen. It was crazy. Was so I didn't know crazy. what had happened. It was <laughs> so crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know the next time I'm going to see anything like that. Um, but, and then another one that comes to mind is Santa Fe Stillwater. And we all know how good Stillwater is. Uh, obviously they have to replace quarterback. They have to replace a wide receiver. Defensively, they're going to be really, really stout. Um, they have Tevin Williams, the Baylor at defensive back, uh, Luke McIndoo, who plays a little bit of defensive end and linebacker. Um, and then on offense, they have Quantra Walker, who, in my opinion, I think it's pretty fair to say this, the state's best running back. I mean, he's proved it for three straight years now. He's back. Um, if he ran for 3,000 yards this year, it wouldn't shock me at all, even though they have a tough schedule. Um, but they're going up against the Santa Fe team, which, again, super, really stopped defensively. Offensively has some questions to make. They Last week, uh, they played it defending 6A1 champion Owasso and gave up five touchdowns in the first eight offensive plays. Owasso was up like that. And it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to kind of fathom how poorly that game started for Santa Fe. But that matchup's interesting just because I want to see how Santa Fe's defense is going to stop Quantrill Walker. Because I don't know who can stop him. He's one of those guys that you let him rush for 150, 200, and that's probably considered a win, right? I mean, just with how good he is. Santa Fe's got some studs on defense, though. Yeah. And they got uh, James Stevenson and uh, Colin Oliver. So, um, but, yeah, Walker's amazing. He's, I mean, it seems like he's been there forever. But uh, he's broken all the school records and all that. So, yeah, he's, he's amazing. What other uh, – let me ask you this. Kind of going back to, to zero week, we, we talked about some of the things that stood out to us just around the games. What uh, – what – what performance or what player or what score around the state did you guys see that kind of made was kind of surprising to you or 
what thing did you notice the most about your your week zero game that you covered? Uh, for me, it was Luke Tarman, uh, McGinnis quarterback, uh, dominated that game. Uh, um, he, uh, I think, over 20 carries, over 200 yards. Uh, he didn't pass the ball much, but he definitely dominated in the run game. And um, one thing that surprised me, I didn't know that Michael Taffy was at McGinnis. Uh, he was the quarterback at Millwood last year. He's a sophomore this year. And uh, McGinnis used him in a lot of ways. They played him at running back, wide receiver. Uh, when Tarman went out with cramps in the fourth quarter, he filled in at quarterback. So those are a couple guys that stood out for me. Yeah, I had a, a Kelton Walker at Moore who just really uh, took over for the defense uh, uh, for Moore last week. Uh, he had two interceptions. Uh, one, he returned like 78 yards to a touch for a touchdown. It was like the play of the game, I would say. Uh, he also caught a you know a two point conversion. So he was on both sides of the ball. He was effective for uh, for Moore last week, and he was really really impressive. Uh, I say for Memorial, they had a receiver. His name was Tyrell Bruner, just a sophomore. But he he was he was racking up catches. You know, he's he was he's five six, so he's not too big. But he was he was one of those guys that could just keep 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 catching the ball and keep getting open. Um, he had uh, eight or nine catches uh, in their in their matchup last week. So I mean, he was really impressive to me. I was really surprised by his performance. So, going to kind of put you guys on the spot here before we close it out. Let's let's make a couple picks of some of those games we talked about. Let's start with Mid, uh, Midwest City at Carl Albert. Who are you guys taking in that one? I got the Titans. Homer, I'm going Titans. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm 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 the same way. I'm leaning Midwest City. I picked that. Uh, or sorry, I'm leaning Carl Albert. Okay. I picked, I picked that. I picked that game twenty-one seventeen. Um, I think that it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, I think with Carl Albert. Uh, only having that kind of half game scrimmage and still trying to find its footing. Um, is it going to be fully gelled and Midwest city is kind of doing the same thing, but they have a game under their belt. I think it's gonna be a really close game, but again, I think Carl Albert, we both, we all know how good they are. I just think that they're going to start the year off with another win. Um, how about this El Reno Piedmont? Um, they split the series last year um, with El Reno winning in the regular season, Piedmont winning in the playoffs. They're both highly ranked. Piedmont didn't play last week. El Reno's coming off an overtime victory against cash. What do you guys think of that one? I got Piedmont. Flex bone. Go. I'll take Arena since they got the game under the belt. Like a better deal. I'm, I picked Piedmont 24-21. I think that uh, – I, I agree. I think, I think the biggest thing for Piedmont in this game is to keep Dorian Plumley off the field. He's that good of a playmaker. He's probably going to be the best player whenever he's on the field. So I think if Piedmont has the ability to keep him off and, and like you said, have – eight or nine minute drives and just milk the clock and keep them off the field. I think that they're going to have a really good chance. But again, that game experience, especially with how weird this, the last four weeks have been kind of heading into the season, that could, that could kind of be a pretty big time. Let me pick a, uh, here we go. This is a, uh, this is a matchup up in the Tulsa area. Haven't talked about this one yet, but how about this one? Bixby jinx. Yeah. Bixby has won five of the last six state titles in class six, a two. And last year in this game, the beat jinx 57 to seven. And it, Jinx is coming off a win against Harbear, Arkansas, 31-15. to And uh, Bixby's coming off a 34 to nothing win against Tulsa Union last week. Who do you guys got in that one? I got Bixby. I think that's the best team in the state. Um, you know, just dominant. Braylon yeah. Presley, he's going to have an amazing year. So Four Bixby. touchdowns to start the season. Yeah. <laughs> I am also going Bixby until somebody beats them. They have won, an 11, they have won 26 straight, which is 
the best mark in 11 man. Shattuck is actually at 30, uh, the eight man school class B over in Western Oklahoma. I think they've won 37 straight now after they won last week. I'll have to double check on that, but they're the longest overall winning streak, but the longest 11 man streak is Bixby. So um, what else do you guys have before we wrap it up? Well, Norman, Norman North was the game I was going to go to this week, but now that they're canceled, I'm going to be heading out to a uh, uh, Southmore Deer Creek versus Southmore. And this matchup is unique just because of the kickers. And you typically, it's not something that you go to a football game for, but these, these kickers here, Logan Ward for Deer Creek and Cameron Little for Southmore. They're, I mean, they're the best in the state. I, I can't say that there are any kickers better than them overall. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what they put together. You know, Logan Ward is not just, you know, just a kicking standpoint. He's also a punter too. So if Deer Creek ever gets in a bind or something like that, he can really get them out just with his deep punts. And I saw him last year and I got, you know, got some experience actually seeing him. So uh, that's what I'm expecting out of him. Cameron Little, I didn't get to see it all. So it'll be fun to actually see the, you know, the top uh, kicker in Oklahoma, see what he does. So I'm really excited for this game. I'm really, uh, you know, just, just happy to be out there. Yeah. To kind of, to kind of close on that too, I'll be at a heritage hall at Millwood tomorrow night. Those teams have split their last two, the last two meetings they played to open up the season the last two years. Um, You know, Millwood, Last year, when that game, they lost their two best skill players on back-to-back plays, both to torn ACLs. Hopefully that doesn't happen this year. I think that it's going to be a really good game. Um, I'm leaning Heritage Hall right now just because I think that they have a – they're going to be so good defensively. I think Heritage Hall, as great as they've been offensively in the past, defensively they're going to have arguably one of the best teams that they've ever had. Um, but I think Millwood has, has the skill, and especially with the sophomore running back Ricky Hunt Jr., I think that they could be good enough to, to really make some noise and do something special. But uh, but no, um, glad that we started the podcast again. We'll be recording every Wednesday. Uh, episodes will be up by Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Um, but no, for uh, for Nick and James, this is Cameron. We thank you guys for listening to another edition of the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. Make sure you uh, stay tuned with uh, for all of our coverage at Oklahoma.com and every day in the Oklahoma.